The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a Breath of Fresh Air. In this episode, we just simply had a conversation about different things that young people struggle with, questions that are on our minds, and just how we approach different aspects of life from a Christian perspective. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Breath and Fresh Air podcast. <laughs> Here with your host. Gay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I've just had a laughy mood today. <laughs> and Earl Roberts. Um, hopefully everyone had a great week, man. Hopefully everyone had a great week and stayed safe. I don't even know what's happening this week, but a lot of things have been happening so far for 2024. So, you know, it's just good to say, hopefully you stayed safe. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, so, go for it. Let me give you all a little update. Some of y'all could be like, boy, this this guy's so cavalier for his, his injury. But man, I do not come with good news. I do not come with good news. So I request your prayer. Obviously, I'm not in in low spirits, you know, but I um I got my MRI. So give, let me give you a little timeline. I um I dislocated my knee uh like a day or two after Thanksgiving. So if you remember when I was, it's at the end of November. <clears throat> I was supposed to see my physical therapist, see the primary care physician, all that. Problem was, two days later, I, I was supposed to get on a flight to go preach in North Carolina. I was kind of overwhelmed, was in a lot of pain. I didn't, I wasn't as forthcoming with all of the things I needed to do. So I say, I'm going to do all these things when I get back. I get my MRI. Um, it was a problem. Just to get my MRI, my insurance was <laughs> testing my patients. So anyway, that kind of prolonged things. I finally get get it done, and I need to get it read by the orthopedic people. MRI, for those who don't know, is kind of like an X-ray, but it it takes pictures of your ligaments and your tendons, and it just it's a form of imaging. I I could have got the results on like the week of Christmas, but. The day I, I was supposed was scheduled to get it, I was also traveling. I did not have time to to get both done. My and, and by this time, my knee is doing much better. I'm I'm bending it. I I'm thinking that I'm okay. They some people say it might be AC out there. I'm like nah, can't be. Anywho, in the new year, I'm scheduled to see the doctor about my knee. I get COVID. I could not in good faith go to a medical facility <laughs> with COVID. So I waited until I was healed. And that was this week. I um 
I went to the doctor. Not only did I, in fact, tear my ACL, but I also tore both of my meniscus in my right knee. You have two meniscus, I think. At least two, I should say. I tore both of them. So my meniscus and my ACL need surgery. And so I'm scheduled to get that done in a few weeks. So by the time you all hear this, I would probably be a week until my surgery. So keep me in your prayers. You know, I would like to be very athletic until I get older. I don't know. Um, I want to... Till you get the grandchildren, at least. Real talk. I, I want at least. I want at least ten more years of being able to run. You know what I mean. So while I'm still, I young, think you got twenty in you. I I want twenty. I, want I think 20, you got bro. at least twenty. Come on, I, man. I really do. I really do, bro. And so that's why. That's why I'm just. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm gonna go ahead and, and and get this corrected while I'm still young. You know what I'm saying, so that I can get back to being physical. Um, it kind of put a damper on my fitness goals at the end of the year. But, you know, just needed, I, I just got to work on it in other ways now. So, yeah, pray for me. That's my knee update for 2024. What a way to start the year. This has become a saga in itself. I know. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, man, I'm praying, you all, praying, praying for you and wishing you all the best in this knee injury. Like, at least you finally get the results you can move for. Like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Being in that limbo stage. I mean, you know, we were praying for Nothing to be done, but well, right. to be injured. But at least now you know, man. The whole thing has been a conundrum. I just Real feel talk. like from your MRI, they saw the results. They should have been like, uh, you know, like when they call you afterwards, be like, yeah. So this is what happened. We need you to get right. Need you to get taken care of. Yeah. See, the problem is, I the place I went for the orthopedic, I had to go somewhere else mm. for the MRI, mm. and. When I went in network with my insurance, it wasn't so it wasn't Advent Health related at all. This was just a independent in imaging person because I just I wanted to stay in network to alleviate any more problems. Mind you, I was already having problems with my with my insurance with the MRI. So anyway, stayed in network, and they gave me the impression that they were gonna um, send this to to be read officially, and then they're gonna reach back out to me, or maybe they was waiting for me to reach out, but. I was under the impression that they were going to let me know my results. Never heard back from them. But they did give me a CD, which I took to the orthopedic people, when they, the orthopedic physicians and surgeons, and they were able to read it to me. And they read it, they read it very quickly. Very quickly, just look at it and say, oh, yeah. It was a guy, because I first saw a physical therapist before I saw the surgeon for, for the consult. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, uh, so... Yeah, you told your ACL. He was trying to break the news to me. He was trying to let me down easy. But my cousin, who's also a physical therapist, when I explained the injury, he told me that he believes that I told my ACL. Mm. And so I already had that in my head. But it just was so unbelievable. Bro, I don't, I don't, audience, I want you all to understand how <laughs> casual of a basketball game this was that I heard myself. I wasn't even, I wasn't even playing for 20 minutes. At the time, we had lost the first game. It was quick. They made quick work out of us, bro. <laughs> I was playing with these young boys, bro, that are 18. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man. But that second game, I was like, I got to redeem myself. This was like the first play that I got the ball. 
<laughs> so I'm hearing you went so hard, bro. You pop your knee and both meniscus in the same knee, bro. My, my <laughs> body was not prepared for how hard I was trying to go in the second game. Well, they said the mind is willing, but the body is weak. The flesh is weak, bro. <laughs> the flesh is, oh, the my. flesh is weak. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, that was a good laugh. Yeah. Praying, praying that uh, all that gets sorted out. Um, pray that my knee gets pray that my knee gets rebuilt the way they but to rebuild this wall in the Empire chapter three. That's a, that's an interesting transition. <laughs> that's a good transition. That's a good transition. But honestly, though, like man, we was talking pre-pod, and some of the conversations we was talking about, we really say it could have been a podcast episode. But one of the, one of the things we talked about, I know it's not going to be the same or probably as authentic as in the actual, when we were just talking about it. But I actually want to kind of bring it back on part just to like have the audience just have part of the conversation and also get, they can have their take on it, comment below or whatever whatever you guys want to do. But it's like the premise, like if you have a new convert who comes to church, right? And they were in the world and they're nervous and the thing they do before they come inside the church is smoke a cigarette. And you tell them about it, and it discourages them from coming to church now. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think I kind of even set up the premise for it to be a bad thing, but you kind of get like, you, you, it's like, you know what I'm saying, but let me, let me put it like this. Yeah. Imagine, bro, you know, imagine that we have. I don't want to say drug dealer, but I want to, I want to make this out to be a person. I want to think about, just think about somebody that like a, like as a profession, they does something that's unethical, you know, like a drug dealer or a pimp or a prostitute or something like, you know, they are fully engulfed in doing sinful things. Like that's just how they are. You understand what I'm saying? When you see them in church, you might see them for a couple of times, but they continue to live the lifestyle that that they that they're not supposed to live, right? <clears throat> do you do you do you speak on that? Do you, when you see them in church, would you speak on that? Like, bro, you know you gotta stop. You know you gotta stop dealing drugs, bro. Like you coming from your, you about to go deal crack in the community, but you gotta stop doing that, right? Or do you allow them to continue so that one day they can be saved, like continue in church un, mm -hmm. unbothered? You see what I'm saying? So that they can continue to be saved. This is a horrible analogy, but I'm still going to try it out so that they can continue to be saved, hoping that one day they can be sanctified and stop doing this. And let me tell you why I use that analogy. Tax collectors during the time of Jesus were seen to be unethical, immoral. One, exactly. It's because the same example pop in my head to keep going. <laughs> yeah, because because the Jews they thought of themselves, they 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 held on to the promises that God um gave to them, them being their firstborn, and you know the way God used to really ride for them, and you know the things that they went through. So they had a lot of esteem of themselves, and so now they had been subjected. They had been subject to the rulership of the leadership of other nations for years. Right. So if the if if the Romans who you deem as pagans, right, and they have no part in your inheritance in the decisions that y'all make, but they're ruling you all. Anybody that works 
with the Romans, Romans works with your oppressors to rule your people would uh, would be seen as a traitor. So you have Matthew, who's a mm -hmm. tax collector. You have Zacchaeus, right? <clears throat> when Jesus was seen <clears throat> having lunch with tax collectors, the Pharisees had a big problem with that. Jesus would say, it's not the, it's not the, the well that need a doctor, but the sick. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? So now you see someone in church that is clearly sick. There are sins that have that are that are a whole of them that have caught a whole of them, and they might not know right from wrong, but they're in church. So they're making a step towards being saved, being sanctified, etc. I don't think you should hold them at the standard of those who are sanctified already when these people might not even be saved. This is their introduction to being saved. You know, a lot of times our zeal for God, we might speak out of turn. We might say something to somebody <clears throat> that may hurt them or offend them. Whereas if you just keep it to yourself, just hold your tongue, right? This, they might, they might fix it on their own. Now it's, it's different when you know somebody who is in the fold, right? Who is held to a certain standard who should mm -hmm. be held accountable and you correct them. The Bible speaks about that. Yep. However, we do not have evidence of Jesus seeing people on a day-to-day -day basis who are sinners. The fact that we all are sinners. Jesus living in a world surrounded by sinners. We don't see Jesus saying, bro, oh, Peter, you, bro, you, 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 um, you was thinking about another woman, bro. That wasn't your wife. You was thinking about them. That's lust. You understand what I'm saying? Judas was allowed his sin to germinate, bro. Like in his in his heart of hearts, bro, he conspired against Jesus. He was money hungry. He would sell Jesus out for money. These things lingered within him. But we don't see mm -hmm. where Jesus say, bro, Judas, bro, you you get this money and you ain't paying your tithes or or you ain't giving freely or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? It's still a free will aspect, you know? And so it's it's important not to do more harm than good because. Sometimes you turn somebody away, that might, that might stick with them lo longer than the smell of cigarettes or weed on them might stick with you. You understand? Like, yeah, man, I definitely agree. And it's like, don't be the rock in the good soil that uproots the seed's growth. Because, man... <laughs> It's funny, like a lot of people in Christianity are, isn't even turned away by the message. They're turned away by the people in the church. And a lot now, of people love church hurt, bro. A lot, bro. It's an overwhelming amount of people with church hurt. And Christianity as a whole should probably look and address that because this should be the church of love. Now, again, certain things I do say you have to have your standards, so I do agree. But stuff like that, man. So, man, I, I'm going to just give an example, right? Like, a guy, I wouldn't say we friends, but we associates right now. Anyway, in school, he actually got me to speak in school at a week of worship because he was like the spiritual person, chaplain type thing, right? But his story was that, you know, when he was growing up, well, he's, he was like, he's one of the people who came, like, was sponsored to come to, come to university because he was really, like, kind of older, right? But when he was, like, in the world, right, someone gave him, like, steps to Christ, and he started to actually come to church, but he was nervous, didn't know no one, scared. So like every Sabbath before he went in church, he would literally stand outside church, smoke a cigarette to calm his nerves, and then he goes inside church. 
and this was like a one-time thing. He did this for months. But he showed up to church every week to smoke a cigarette to go inside church. But then ultimately, like after he got deep in the word, he actually found out that, you know, okay, this is, he found out what he should and shouldn't be doing. And long story short, now, now that he's a pastor, right? But so he might, and then like afterwards, as he, as he got like more ground, he went back and asked, asked like some of the elders in the church and like you and the pastor, like, yo, why didn't y'all never say anything? Because they literally said, like, we knew if we had said something, we probably would have discouraged you at that point and you wouldn't have come back. So it was more important for us to let you keep growing and come back to church than to correct you and saying you shouldn't be smoking. And so, like, just think about it, like, and to your point, like, as you made this point too, like, man, so he's a pastor now, but imagine like all the things, like all the people, like all the seeds he's planting now indirectly and even directly. But so imagine if someone had just, had they stopped him from smoking a cigarette to calm his, to, to calm his nerves, we actually come and come to church, bro. I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of saints sometimes, like when you're already well, you forget what it feels like to be sick. And Christ said, I didn't come to save the saved. I come to, I come to save those who actually need me, the broken, the downtrodden. Like these are the people who actually need to hear the good word of Christ. These are the people who actually need to come to church to get to know him. And so we, as people who are like more grounded, no more, we should, we, we should have, we should not forget that aspect of church, of community, of what Jesus himself stood for. Like, <laughs> the only time Jesus went into synagogue was to actually like correct y'all, like, but y'all following all these other things that ain't even of me. But most of the time, Jesus is with the rejects of society. So. Bro, one of the hardest things for me to do um, is entertain guests on the Sabbath. So I might have a friend who um, comes to, sp to, to spend some time with me, you know, or family, or you know, <coughs> who I'm talking about people who don't keep the Sabbath, though. Like I might mm -hmm. have a friend, a cousin, you know, whatever have you. <clears throat> they spend some time with me. So now, before the Sabbath happens, I let them know, bro, you know, we, um, you know, we just lock in with God. That's how I say it. I try to be like, chill. Like, we, we lock in with God, you know what I'm saying? We take this time. We don't really, uh, we don't really watch TV, listen to music. Like we try to make it God centered, but you could tell somebody that, but if they're not used to keeping the Sabbath, there's something they do that they consider okay, that you might not consider okay. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like, then I am tasked with just being a nitpicker. You understand what I'm saying? Or to lead by example or to, to let, let things go or to attack everything. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> Case in point, I had a friend. He, um, he came, he, he wasn't even coming to see me. He came to visit family. He had a layover in Orlando. He came to visit family, but his family caught COVID. This was a few years ago. They reached out to me, if, asked if he could stay with me. I said, yeah. I let them know though. If he stays with me, we intend to keep the Sabbath. So just have that in mind. You know, this person um was raised at Venice. I don't know how they worship now, but mm -hmm. I I wake up in the morning, I'm about to go to church. I see that um he's playing video games on his cell phone, right? And so now I'm thinking, I'm like, bro, the commandment says like, Thou not a son, not a daughter, not a cattle, not a stranger that is within thy gates, right? <laughs> I was talking about work and keeping it holy. 
<clears throat> but I just think to myself, bro, if I go to him and I say, bro, turn that game off, bro. Like, you and my house, you got to do this. I feel like I'll be given the wrong message of how the Sabbath should be kept because that's not like, it's not love. It's, it's like I'm being a, like, I'm, it's like I'm being a teacher or a dictator or something like that. And at the end of the day, I can't force someone to keep the Sabbath holy, bro. No matter what, bro. Because they might not be playing a game. He might be watching a movie. He might be doing whatever you, bro, it's, you don't have, like, even if you sitting down doing nothing, that don't mean you keeping it holy, bro. You see what I'm saying? Because you're not making it about God. You might just be chilling in silence, whatever. And I can't force, I can't force somebody to be righteous. You see what I'm saying? Especially mm -hmm. if this is, it's not my child. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's, I had to wrestle with that. I had to wrestle with that because I know, you know how when you have your own spot, not even your own house, bro, like you might have your own apartment. You know how you like th how things, you know, the order of things in a normal, in a normal setting, right? With church, we have the same way. We, we know the order of things. We know the type of people that we engage with. A lot of times it's the same people every week, but now you have someone new and they doing something that makes you uncomfortable. They smell like alcohol. They, they come in in church high. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? They, they, their skirt, their skirt too short. These things, these things bother you, right? Now, the question is, are you going to force this person to do what you deem acceptable? Or are you going to allow them the chance, the opportunity to get it right? Because newsflash, bro, even those who do not sin like that, there are still ways that we all need to grow in our own personal life. I'll give you an example. It was a time, yeah, no, it was a time when I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't think about covetousness. I didn't realize how being hyper-competitive and seeing somebody achieve something and instantly thinking that should be me or I need to work harder or looking at other things. I didn't realize how covetousness, that's a silent killer for me. You see what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you... You start to think, bro, cause you told yourself you was gonna have, you was gonna be six figures by 25, right? Now your friend just say, hey, I just made, I just got my first, you're 20, you're 26 now, right? And your friend just say, hey, I just got my first six figure role, right? And what you thinking? Should have been me, bro. I say, I I say I was gonna be six figures. You know what I mean? Oh, congrats, bro. But in your mind, you're like, boy, I, I need to, you see what I saying? Like, mm -hmm. covetousness, right? I did not take into consideration how this affected me, but the Lord didn't chastise me even while I was in my ignorance. The Lord didn't penalize me. He didn't punish me. You see what I'm saying? He gave me time to get it right. We was just talking about a dude. We listened to him for years. He, 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 um, he breaks down the Bible, kind of like what we do, but he, he speaks more on end times. The man believed in the pre-tribulation rapture. For years, he preached that. These last two years, he he been repenting of that. I used to preach this. I don't preach it no more. Because it, Christianity is a journey. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't get baptized and know everything. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can be 30, 40 years in and still learning things, still learning that, oh, wow, when I, when I, um, when I talk to people this way, when I see the, the young people in church, and I give them a hard time for talking too loud or for doing whatever, I am actually making their time a church grievous. You see what I'm saying? I am actually obstructing 
the word of God by being such a diplomat during this time. Sometimes you could have the right, you could your heart could be in the right place, but the approach is wrong. You know what I'm saying? And when you have that understanding and you realize that Jesus don't walk around every day waking you up like, bro, you only pray pray 10 minutes today. That's unacceptable. Samuel them used to pray five hours. You see what I say? Like a real mm-hmm. Christian would do this, bro. Oh, you ain't fast all year? Bro, Jesus say praying fast. You see what I'm saying? Like Jesus don't hold us accountable to be, he don't hold us to be perfect. You see what I'm saying? But we need to be willing participants in getting better and learning to overcome sin. You know, so... Yeah, man, I definitely agree. And, and to one thing, what you were saying when people come over, right? And for me, how I look at it, you can't force no one to do anything because God doesn't force you to keep the commandments. So I can't force you to do anything, even if you were in my house. What Abraham, those were, they were super good examples and people wanted to follow them so much that they respected them enough to fo- also keep the commandments. And like Christ calls us to be good examples. We see this in Timothy too. We see this like in John, like Christ saying, yo, I left the examples for you all to follow and y'all also follow these good doctrines and live these lives so people could follow you guys and be good examples of what Christians should be. And so, I mean, that, that's just how I deal with that. Cause like, I can tell you, yeah, we keep in the Sabbath, but you come over here and you choose not to, I can, we could talk about it, but at the same time, I can't force you to do anything because at that point now you have an extra bitter taste in your mouth because now you forced to do something that you don't even want to do. Mm-hmm. But now being around me on the, on the Sabbath, you see how I keep the Sabbath. Eventually probably can start doing the same thing. Like they say, you stick around a barber shop long enough, you probably could get a haircut. Yeah. And so, and I, I just think that's how it, that's how it should be because now, Again, yeah, like, cause, and, and that's and that's a lot of things why, I, like the scene that we're talking about now, you used to smoking cigarettes, but you don't even know why this bothered you or anything like that. And you're using it as a, as a, as a crux right now, right? You hang around the church long enough, you say, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. But it's being in that environment long enough to actually see the goodness and see what other people are doing and seeing, oh yeah, okay, this probably, huh, I'm probably, you know, somebody realized, oh, the only one out here actually smoking a cigarette every Saturday morning. Maybe I should figure out why it's only me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because but we just imagine if Christ, if Jesus, God, had forced the Israelites to keep his commandments. They would have been dead from they came out of Egypt. <laughs> Fox, bro. Bro, even the <laughs> even the woman caught in the ark of adultery, bro. She was caught in the ark of doing something wrong, bro. But Jesus ain't Jesus ain't even basha for that, bro. He said, but they don't accuse you, but I don't accuse you neither, bro. Just go and sin no more. Just go and sin no more. Like, you know what you're doing wrong. I know what you're doing wrong. But you, uh, but now you but now you really acknowledge, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Right. So, yeah, man, like, it, it, again, sometimes you got to take a trip down memory lane. Like, I was telling someone today, like, yo, when I, if I stay with this company, but like when I move further up in my career, I'm like, I told him, I, said, I never want to forget what it was to be a young staff engineer fresh out of college. Because the minute you, the, the minute you forget what it's like is when your whole perspective changes and you can no longer relate. And when you can no longer relate, that's when you just lose connections, bro. I mean, like, obviously that's, that's just like, you know, self-fulfilling right there, right? But it's like, you no longer can put yourself in that person's shoes and now it's a complete disconnect. And now you're kind of looking down on this person versus when you actually can remember when, oh, yo, this was me. I was this person who was doing everything wrong. You know what I'm saying? I was the person who needed more grace. I was the person who wasn't 
who wasn't a good Christian? Crap. I still probably ain't a good Christian by some standards right now. When I have a whole Bible podcast. And I'm saying all I just say is like, bro, we all fall short, bro. And we all need God every day. Paul in the Bible say, bro, I have to tie yourself daily. The things I the things I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I find myself doing, things I don't even want to be doing. Hmm. This is Paul who write most of the New Testament. Yeah. So what type of letters? Man, letters for everybody. It, it was you. I sent the meme too. Was saying, man, imagine if Paul if Paul was alive today writing a letter to the church. <laughs> Where do I even start? <laughs> My dear saints. <laughs> I Where to no begin? Paul, right. <laughs> but. Yeah, man. I, I think I, I do think that was a good discussion, and I like wanted to capture some of that on on the podcast because, like, again, it, it it makes people think, and especially as you get older and more like grounded, it's easier to lose your way and lose that connection. And I think it's important even for us, like, to like never really fully lose that connection. I'm not saying that we would, but at a point in time, I just say like thirty years down the line, it's like when you're more so removed from it, you're like, oh. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You should, you should know better. But I was there; I didn't know better. <laughs> That's true. So, but I just want to, I just want to end on this. Like, you could be, it. you could be, you could be zealous, right? But at the end of the day, you can't. Like, in the um, and I think it's in, in Proverbs. It's a, it's a, a fool gives full vent to their mind, right? <clears throat> And you read Proverbs, a lot of times they talk about just holding your peace, holding your tongue. You see what I'm saying? Everything that comes to your mind, everything that bother you is not worthy to express. Sometimes time and a place really matters, especially that time. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Jesus wouldn't get anything done if he was pointing out everything that the disciples or the people around him can improve, right? Imagine. <laughs> But now, but now think about this. Jesus was sharing with his disciples that he was about to die. Peter rebukes Jesus. He pulled Jesus aside, rebuke him. Jesus, I'll never let this happen. Right? Pull him aside, bro. <laughs> Peter talked. I went embarrassed in front of everybody, I Jesus, know, right? right? <laughs> I went embarrassed. I went see me now, bro. But you you bugging. You bugging. I, I got to check you because... Who am I if I don't tell you? You see what I'm saying? So hey, and, and get some brownie points on the side, but keep going. Right. And I look good too, because I even holding you accountable. Mm, Jesus tell him, bro, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. Because you obstructing the will of God. Now I want y'all to consider this. There are people, bro, as petty as it sounds. To me, it don't hold water, but I, everybody ain't Teflon. Everybody, some people have a a higher threshold for pain than others. But there are some people, you ask them how they feel about God or church, I don't go to church, bro. I've been to church. It's minding my own business. This older person tell me, uh-uh, your shirt, your skirt too short, or you showing your shoulders, or whatever have you, and it embarrass me, it humiliate me to the point where I don't even come to church no more. And I am not saying this, imagining these. I've heard people speak like this. Now, personally, I used to get mad when I hear stuff like that. But at the end of the day, these people get hurt. 
You see what I'm saying? I used to get mad because I used to say, oh, if you have a body encounter, I say this on the board, bro. If you have a body encounter at the bank, you ain't gonna stop going to the bank. You see what I'm saying? Someone make you mad at, at the grocery store, you ain't gonna stop going to the grocery store. But at the end of the day, people do pick and choose what they can put up with. And for some reason, people ain't putting up with, with, the, with, with church hurt. You see what I'm saying? Our generation, but growing up, it used to be so much people my age in church, bro. But it used to be... But it used to be so much people my age, so much people a year older than me, two years older than me. I couldn't wait to be a, a big kid because it was just so many youth and young adult around me. When I attend churches, and I've attended many because I don't have a home church no more, I do not see the ratio. I do not no. see a lot. I do not see, but I don't see 10 people my age, bro. Now, if you want to class all people in their 20s as my age, no, but I don't see people within a five-year variance of my age, up or down, bro. I don't see a lot of them. You see what I'm saying? Especially not after the pandemic. You speak to a lot of people, or oh, the church full of fake people, judgmental people. They talking about times, man. But it could be real, bro. I remember my wife was telling me when she went to get baptized, bro. She, she go into the pool, bro. A woman pull her aside and say, all right, now, nah, hopefully we can get you to take off that necklace. I about to get baptized, bro. What? Like, relax, bro. Like, I ain't even, I just given my soul to Christ, bro. I know what's going on. But she, and she had to be like nine. You see what I said? Like, certain things, but like, I do believe, bro. People is be living in the flesh, bro. And the devil is used your zeal, bro, against mm -hmm. you. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? To really turn you off, bro. And stuff like that, but stuff like that just bother you, bro. When you remember how that person who is so nitpicky, bro, like it angers you because I'm a young child and I can't really speak up for myself, but it's like, you being too nitpicky, bro. let me, give me a chance to grow. You see what I say? <laughs> like, you know, and I, I say all that to say, consider this because you do not want to do more harm than good. You see what I'm saying? You do not want the zeal that you think is being used for God end up turning someone to the devil, to the devil essentially. essentially. It's good to have zeal for God, but sometimes more harm can be done than good. Where is the balance? Today we discuss some of the challenges of church hurt and the decrease in young people across multiple denominations. But join us next week as we get back on track, continuing the story of Nehemiah 3. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of, of a Fresh breath Air. Of fresh air. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.